This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 362 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by TotalSaddleFit.com, Kentucky Performance Products, Dr. Rose's Remedies, and EcoVet. Today we have Katie Pogue join us from Omaha as she prepares to compete there in the CDI 4-star. Beth Hayes helps us with some bidding questions, and we have some tips about being a coachable rider. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Reese. How are you doing? Hey, Phil. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I want to know. I want to know how uh, how the excitement of Rolex was. <laughs> well, um, it was great shopping. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I put a little hurt in my wallet on Thursday last week. Okay. Uh, and then I had a great dinner with Glenn and Jennifer. Uh, Travis and I, we went out, we have a, we have always now, it's becoming a tradition. Um, and it's was great to see them. You know, I got to see them in Florida and spend some time with them there, but it's always fun to see them here. And then I was honestly uh, not here for the weekend. So, which was kind of good because uh, it poured rain on Saturday. Um, and so, Sadly, I did not have to go walk cross country in the pouring down rain. <laughs> but, That's okay, uh, we, then. Yeah, no, but um, it was very good. I ended up going to a family friend's wedding, uh, and we had a lovely time with my. I went with my mom, so uh, I had a very very good time with her. So I did bug out of the horse event a little bit early, but uh, definitely don't worry. I got my shopping time in. And so, what about uh, and what about it's Derby week? Everybody should be talking about the race, week. huh? It is, and you know what? I am. I, I I've been kind of busy this week, so I have my head in the sand. So I am not actually sure. Phil, do you have a Derby pick? Um, I've been hearing a lot of buzz. What's the What's the Nyquist horse? Yeah, and I think he's kind of naughty. <laughs> I, I <keep laughs> a bad all, yeah, he's kind of that's, bad. So that's a good one. Uh, but that's a good start, a good good thing. So uh, yeah, if anybody has any um, picks for the Derby, put up uh, on our Facebook page. We would enjoy yeah, that. You're uh, supposed to be our Derby insider. I'm the worst. Going around to the farms and talking the buzz. And... <laughs> oh, but Phil, I haven't left my farm in a week. <laughs> How am I going to make any money? I yeah not not this, um, not, not yeah this year. okay I I apologize everybody <laughs> I'll try and get my derby pick up on the uh, dressage radio Facebook Phil you too you're Phil you're actually better at betting uh, and Travis yeah um, but I, I I I normally would do so much research and um, actually I've been so crazy this week that <laughs> I know that's kind of me too I know but yes. I I gotta bet it right it's my birthday yes it's, it's a, your the birthday derby's on my birthday again this year so I know how lucky are we again so yeah. we, I gotta we gotta maybe drive your bet in and and get it get it yeah done. maybe you can put it in for me because the the prize pool is way bigger in the states than it is in Canada oh I didn't even think about that you're right so we'll we'll <laughs> put a bet in for you I'll for text your birthday you. okay I'll okay text you. perfect <laughs> all right all right well what what do we got going on we got a little bit of dressage news yeah um, we do we, um, we're gonna be talking about Omaha Nebraska this week I know we have uh, there's the uh, test event for the uh, World Cup being held next uh, yeah, year 20, 2017 World Cup is in Omaha Nebraska Omaha so Nebraska so. we got we got some friends showing there this weekend that's kind of cool we have huh? like three or four really good friends of our show and good friends of Phil and I's showing. So uh, Katie Pogue is coming on. She's a friend of our show for they're sure. Probably, and they're probably showing as we record here, aren't they? They are. They're, I think they're actually in the ring. They started at 6 and it's about 7.36 yeah. our time. So Lawrence uh, Price is on yeah. there. Amanda Johnson, Amanda Katie Johnson. Pogue. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. A lot of our friends are showing, so we wish them very, very good luck, and uh, it's cool to see the venue, and Katie, it's really interesting. She'll talk a little bit about there being a test uh, for the FEI degree of difficulty and, and how they're doing that. There's technology going on with that, computer stuff. I don't know. So that's very cool. fun. That's yeah. Cool. And uh, there was a release today. The U.S. Developing Dressage Grants uh, were awarded. Uh, these are for young riders or under 25 riders that are going to train this uh, summer in Europe. And B.B. Davis of Wellington, Florida, Janae Vaughn. I think B.B. Uh, is, congratulations. I think she's the number one ranked uh, North American young rider, is she not? Yeah. 
I think that's right. So super yeah. excited for her that she's going to go and, and train. And Janae Vaughn, Aiden Uller, and Sierra Kessler are all going um, to Europe to train and to compete. So uh, we've had lots of those guys on the show and also wish them luck as they go on their European journey to get some experience. So that'll oh. be fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it. Well, Phil, right after this commercial break, and uh, we are actually going to introduce EcoVet. Glenn and Dr. Wendy from The Driving Show had a chance to catch up with the founder of EcoVet, Dr. John, about their first fatty acid fly repellent for horses. So enjoy this interview, and we're going to learn something. Love it. Well, Wendy, you have been doing a... A, a product review for us that uh, Dr. Tim, who's on here with us, had sent you a product to test out, and it's called EcoVet, and it's a fly repellent. Tell it, tell us, and let me tell you, Wendy lives in Sarasota. That's southern Florida. We have bugs you can't imagine in Florida. Uh, so how did it work? Well, for me, I think it works great. I was actually um, really surprised at how quickly it worked on the gnats because down here in Sarasota, we have a real problem with gnats and mosquitoes um, because, you know, it doesn't get cold enough to kill them off. So all times of the year we have mosquitoes and my horses, um, I have two that um, really suffer with sweet itch. And so, you know, they have to live like vampires because they can't be out at dawn and dusk. And then they start that horrible itch scratch cycle. And, you know, even if I, even if I get the gnats off of them, if they start the itching and the inflammation in their skin, they just can't stop scratching. And um, so I started using this, uh, especially on my little baby horse's ears, because he just rubbed his ears raw last year. And there was nothing I could do to stop him from scratching. And this has worked so great. And I did a little experiment, um, because I was grooming one, by the fence. And the other ones, of course, all stand there staring at me. And we have um, some cows in the neighborhood. So I have some of those cattle flies that, you know, surround their eyes. So I sprayed it on their face. On one of them's face, I put the EcoVet on. And just like I wiped it on my hands and then rubbed it on his face. And then I put my regular pyrethrin-based fly spray on the other one. And like, of course, within five minutes, the flies were back on the other one. And this EcoVet lasted like, I mean, I was grooming for like 30 minutes. So I actually, my experiment wasn't so good because I didn't stay around a time till how long it lasted. (laughs) But I noticed a big difference, you know, whereas it wasn't just like, oh yeah, this stuff works. Well, Dr. Tim, what makes this EcoVet different than other fly sprays out there? Well, I, th- I think Dr. Wendy really hit it on the nail on the head because it's not a pyrethroid or a pyrethroid. It's not an essential oil. It's a, a totally new set of ingredients, and they're, they're food-grade fatty acids. And some basic research was done about 20 years ago by a, a, a scientist that was looking at why mosquitoes attack and what they do, and he was actually trying to develop an alternative for DEET for the army. And what he found was that certain compounds really repel. And, and in these groups of compounds, he found these fatty acids that really repel well. And interestingly, they repel at, at higher concentrations, but they're actually insecticidal at, at lower concentrations too. So it's a, an interesting compound that actually repels and kills the, the, the flies and the chelicoides. And we know the chelicoides are, are a big issue. And so it's, it was really neat to hear that it works so well for Wendy. Well, how, how often do you have to put it on? I, I love these fly sprays, by the way, that say good for 10 days, which is a crock of crap. Um, <laughs> I have never seen a fly spray I haven't had to put on every day. I, you know, I don't care Correct. if they say 10 days or not. That's just crap. So, you know, so how often do you put EcoVet on? I think every one to two days, if there are horses that are, are particularly prone to having problems with sweet itch, I really recommend twice a day. And, you know, that's because they just can't afford to have any, any landing at all. It, it just really sets off that inflammatory reaction that, that Wendy was talking about. And, and once it gets going, boy, that's a, a challenge, you know, in, in doing mm-hmm. that because they're so allergic. 
And I yeah, have once to- it starts, it's almost impossible to stop. So you need to stop right. it. It's just like the flea control with the dogs when dogs with hot spots. If they get bitten by one flea, that's it. They're going to be scratching all the rest of the month. And just like with the horses, if they get bitten by the gnats, they're going to start the Swedish cycle, and it's going to be impossible to cure that year. Right. And we've had some pretty exciting results clinically from our hospital and some neat success stories of horses that have never had a, a year without it. And, you know, that they're bundled up, they're wearing the sheets, mm-hmm. they're trying everything. They're the vampire horses, fly sprays. You right. know, they try SWAT, they try, they try fans, they try everything. And, and this is the first time some of them have actually had a mane or a tail, you know, and that, that's pretty mm-hmm. exciting that, they, that they're able to do that. I kind of look at it like the uh, stealth. Uh, it kind of makes your horse, horse like a stealth fighter. Because really what it does, I mean, that's right, because it really makes your horse kind of invisible to the, to the insect. In, in a way, and that's yeah. kind of the mechanism, is that we never know exactly how things work when they're doing it, but it does seem to confuse the, the bug's ability to navigate. And so you can actually watch them fly into the zone because it's kind of a, a repellent, that, that it's a spatial repellent, and you watch them fly into the zone that as it's evaporating off of the horse, and you see them, they kind of fly in and get confused, and they can't figure out where the horse is, and they fly away and eventually die. So it's kind of an interesting mechanism in, in how it works that way. <laughs> interesting. So now, how does it come? How do you buy it? Well, there, there's a couple of different things. We're, we're a new company this year. We're just expanded nationally. We were just regional in the Pacific Northwest last year, so we're, we're making our inroads. We, we, Dover does um, sell it for us, and we're pretty excited about that. We're making contacts throughout the industry. There is our website, too, and so right now the website may be the most uh, reliable way of doing it, but like we said, Dover is a, a big account that, that does ship uh, nationally, too, and uh, able to get the, the things out. We're really hoping to get it locally to a lot of people as soon as we can, too, through our, our distribution network. And uh, that's eco-vet.com? Is that the website? Correct. Okay. Correct. Now, the one thing we should warn people about is the, is the smell. Because they're gonna they're gonna encounter that right away, so right. Uh, we'll warn them about that. Now th- that the odor that it has, it's not your typical fly spray. So explain that. Uh, part of it is where it comes from, you know, and, and they're, they're food-grade fatty acids, but they're actually derived from palm kernel oil, and so you have a real coconutty type of smell, and actually one of the, the Latin name for one of the fatty acids is caprylic, and, and that caprine is goat, and it does kind of smell strong, so there is a strong, very different smell. Now, we do have a fragrance that goes along with that to try to help alleviate that a little bit, but it's just a very different, strong scent. In doing that, so it Glenn, is that's why I, I love it, and you don't love it. Why? Because it's goaty. <laughs> I love that goat smell. I have goats. Yeah, she has goats, so that maybe explains it. And I love the smell of it. I think it smells great. <laughs> it's one of the things I've noticed that either you love it or hate it. There's not going to be an in between. So, but the <laughs> but one you know, thing what, I think, well, if it works, ahead. that's the most important part, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that is. The best I like that part. it doesn't smell like chemicals. You know, like I, yeah. I hated that um, skin so soft stuff because it gave me a massive chemical headache whenever I got even close to it. And this, mm. I mean, it does have a strong smell. And actually, it's funny that you say that because I did not know it was the goaty smell, but there was something familiar about it. You know, right. but it just it it doesn't smell like chemicals to me, which is what I like about it. Well, okay, so you can find it at ecovet, uh, com. You can also find it at Dover. It seems to be price point about the same as other high, kind of high-end fly sprays, right? I mean, that's uh, mm-hmm. where I've seen it. Uh, and then you can buy it, uh, spray bottle. You can also buy the, uh, you can also buy the replenishment bottles as well, up to a gallon from what I saw. So sure. you can, uh, definitely accomplish your, your goals, no whether you, whether you have one horse or, uh, you know, a whole herd out there. Either way, and that's called EcoVet. It's eco-vet.com.
Well, we had, and as, as you know, we always ask for listeners' questions. And we got a great listener question about bidding. And we have our expert, Beth Haste, from the Horse of Course. Uh, she's a good friend of Philip, Philip and I, and I use her myself, so does Phil, on, on bidding. And I think you'll really enjoy this discussion about bidding and um, learning more about that. Well, tonight, I am so excited to have Beth Haste from the Horse of Course. Beth is a dear friend of ours, and she really is an amazing bidding expert. And I'm so happy that we had a listener write in, now the year of the listener, uh, that we had a listener write in with a bidding question. So we could call Beth and talk with her about this particular problem. So Phil, can you uh, fill us in with the listener question? Okay, well, we've got a few questions here. I think we'll just start with the first one here, Beth. Um, What is your opinion on a single versus a double jointed bits? I think if you feel your horse's bars underneath his jaw, uh, they're so narrow, but they usually have really fat top lips. And with a loose ring snaffle, unfortunately, you have to get a big enough bit that will go in their mouth and not pinch the corners of that big fat top lip. But what happens is, is if it's a little too big, it slides back and forth in their mouth. And what happens is, is that it, the three-piece ends up sliding back and forth across their bars. And sometimes they're more comfortable in a two-piece because if it slides, that joint doesn't slide across the bars as much. So sometimes where you'd think a horse would absolutely love a three-piece, nice soft bit, they don't because that huge top lip that they ended up getting maybe too big a bit for, you have to look at that bit when it's in the on position. In other words, gather up the reins, pull that bit up into the horse's mouth like you put them on the bit, and then look and see how it fits. You can't look at it when it's just hanging there. So you want to look at it when it's all gathered up on the reins, and then the mouth should just be inside that hole that the ring goes through. And if you do that, they might be really happy in that three-piece. All right, all right. So sometimes you just have to sort of test it out, see what the horse likes. Right, and not get it so big. I think a lot of people get a bit that's too big. And so, Beth, that's And I think that that's what's happening. Yeah, so that's a question I have is, is you know, I'm so lucky that it, when it really whenever I need a bit, um, I ask you and we measure the horses what size the horse needs. But, you know, if, if you don't have access to someone, how do you, I mean, it's so, you walk into a tack shop and it's it's incredibly overwhelming to decide what size bit. Number one, what size. Number two, what type of bit. So how would you kind of help people size a bit? What's the best way to do that? Well, generally in a loose ring. The average horse probably takes a five and a quarter. Okay. If they've got a really, a little bit wider mouth um, and a really extra thick top lip, which they all seem to have today, doesn't seem Uh to make a difference Mm -hmm. what breed they are, Mm -hmm. um, maybe you go to a five. But when you put it in their mouth, you need to gather that rein up on both Mm -hmm. sides and pull it up into the horse's mouth to see how it's actually fitting. Because if you just let it hang there in the off position, it looks like maybe you need a bigger size. And that's Mm -hmm. what happens to people, is they end up buying something that's too big. And then that three-piece, which is supposed to be soft and lovely, is sliding back and forth through the horse's mouth across their bars, because it's just too big. And when in doubt, a fixed cheek bit, like an egg butt or a D-ring or a full cheek, actually can stabilize in the horse's mouth. And believe it or not, most warm bloods would take a four and three-quarter inch fixed cheek bit. Yeah. That's how yeah. small their mouths yeah, are. Yeah, well, it seems like mm-hmm. the confirmation is going towards a, a, you know, sort of a smaller head and a very small um, yeah, nose, but they you know, still have mouth. this huge top lip. Yeah, a lot so of with lips. a loose ring, you have to deal with it. I think what we kind of lose sight of is that a loose ring bit is really what they call a dressage bit. 
And dressage doesn't really start until third level. Right. Mm-hmm. Almost so when we're start, most, starting to think about fitting a double. Yes, right. that's right. But <laughs> it really isn't. That's when you're really talking about dressage at third level. So really, at training level and up, really, maybe the horse should be in a fixed cheek. Mm-hmm. It's right. less information to their head. It You can get the bit stabilized. You can ask the horse, hey, just go here and stay here. And you get such a great reaction. I have been selling more egg butts than ever, ever before. Yeah. I see them in the doubles really more now, easy. too, right? Well, and well I even, yeah. Yes, in the doubles, but you really need to have the horse on the aids. Yeah. Yep. And you really need to have them accept the contact. And I find that it works better for most amateurs to be in like an egg butt. Mm-hmm. Well, we put. And, uh, but it needs to be small. Yeah, we put Elancor. He was he was one of those. He came. I saw the bid they wrote him in Europe two years ago, and right. we bought the bid. And and I had Beth. I kept saying Beth. I think. Oh my gosh! But he has a super tiny mouth. But he goes in a fixed sick fixed piece bit uh snaffle and actually in the double we ended up putting them the, the exact same bit in the double and it was the first horse that i've really done that over the years with and i mean he loves it and i tried a loose ring and it was a disaster he did not like yep. it didn't like it well and- all all young horses should actually be in a fixed cheek there's no question about that when you start a young horse it should always be in a fixed cheek because they can't, there's so much more information that goes from your hand to the horse's mouth in a loose ring, and you lessen the information with a fixed cheek bit. And um, it, it, the horse can't take all that information. They're not ready for all that information. And also, if you have an amateur that maybe their hands aren't as quiet or effective as they should be yet, you put the horse in an egg butt, even if it's more trained. And then all of a sudden, the horse is going to go more round, more on the aids for the for the amateur, because there's not too much information going from the rider's hands to the horse's mouth. Okay. So you get a, a better thought. result. That's a good mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this leads us sort of towards our next question. What do you think about um, the horses going in uh, an egg butt versus... Um, um, to a, bou- a boucher, a boucher bit where it's not directly attached to, you know, um, there's a little bit of leverage. Well, uh, yeah, boucher is really in the same category as an egg butt in the fact that it's a fixed cheek bit. A D-ring, an egg butt, a boucher, and, um, and a full cheek are all fixed cheek bits. So you're still going to lessen the information so you don't get too much information going down. And with the boucher, you get one little added where you get a nuance. And I'm going to tell you, it's a nuance of added pole pressure. Not a lot, a nuance. People think that maybe it's really strong, but it's not. It just gives a nuance of feel to the horse to give a little bit in the pole. Okay. And Beth, how would you decide to, to use that bit? I mean, why would you say, okay, we're going to try the Boucher or the Boucher? Why, why would you, why well, would, what would make a person choose that? Well, some horses artificially carry themselves a little high. And what we want to do is lower the pole. And uh, a Boucher actually gets the horse to lower the pole and stretch a little bit more over the top line. So you see some Arabs that kind of carry themselves a little artificially high. You'll see some Morgans that carry themselves a little artificially high. And maybe some Lusitanos or Spanish horses. And what it does is it gets them to stretch more over that top line and lower that pole a little bit. So if you're looking for a lowering of the pole, that's the bit to go for. Got it. All right. So, um, lastly, here we've got the situation of our of our listener that sent us this email. She's riding an eight year old Clyde Hackney, schooling at train, training level. She's owned him for a year and a half. Uh, the horse was previously previously trained Western, so she says that he hides any uh, away from any sort of contact, not taking 
not taking the bit as much as she'd like. I think he's a little bit behind the bit. Um, you know, right. she's taking lessons, written, written him for a year and a half, I guess. So, um, and, and he's going in a medium thickness egg butt snaffle. So, do you think, uh, what, do you, what do you think about the situation that we, we've got? I personally think the egg butt is a good choice. Yeah. Um, I know one thing that, um, if I like copper base bits, I know they're more expensive, but they warm to the temperature of a horse's mouth. And I like a three-piece egg bud versus a two-piece. Okay. My choice would probably be either a Springer or a Neuschula three-piece egg bud, really small, like a Burdoon, and um, uh, like a four and three-quarters. And uh, because it's going to give the horse everything that you can possibly throw at it. And then I would make sure that the horse is moving up moving over his back, the saddle fits, and keep pushing him more forward. But it will be a bit that's not going to give him too much information. And um, I think it's a good choice, but I would, if at all possible, if they could go to a copper-based bit. And when I say a copper-based bit, it's got to be 70% copper or better in order to warm to the temperature of a horse's mouth. And a three-piece, if you can get it nice and small and stabilized in their mouth, is going to be really soft, and the answer with this horse is as soft as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he takes That's, the contact. That sounds like Because advice. he's a little afraid of the contact. Yeah. Because in Western, he's always yeah. been ridden with a curb chain. Right. right. So it, it's a little bit different. So, Beth, right. I have another and they question. they don't take contact. Right. And so, Beth, I have another question, sort of the other end of the spectrum. If you have a horse that's super strong and wants to pull you out of the saddle, where would you start bidding-wise? Um, there, there is a bit that Noya Shula makes, and I don't work for a bit company, but I do admire when they make a nice bit. They make a bit called the Verbinden, and it's really great to get a horse a little bit off pulling you out of the saddle until you can get him a little stronger behind and he gets a little quicker behind so he can carry himself a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But that Verbinden works in about 20% of the horses, but it's usually horses who are strong to the contact. And it lightens them up a little bit, gives them the idea of where we want them to go. And then, of course, it's up to you to get them a little stronger behind and a little quicker so they can carry themselves a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. I second that. Yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I, I've used, used that, that bit. Yeah, too. that's a good I, bit. I really like it, yeah. <laughs> I've called Beth yeah. with this very specific question saying, help me, what can I do? Um, <laughs> and I think it's really, I, mean, I think you've mentioned it several times, and that is bidding can help, but it's not it's always not the solution. Yeah, it's not going to fix your problems. Yeah. It's I, also- I mean... It's like a tongue issue. A tongue issue is always a straightness and tension issue. Mm-hmm. But once we get that dialogue going, you can be surprised how we can fix the issue. Yeah, exactly. And it's all a learning. And, and Beth uh, from the horse, of course, is fantastic. She is great with answering these questions. You can call her and say, uh, Beth, help, and she will help you. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And I, and I can take all emails if they want to email me on a question. Great. Beth, what is your email address? You were right on it. You knew where it's, I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, it's Beth at thehorseofcourse.com. Easy. Fantastic. Well, Beth is an awesome resource, everybody. She's she's dear to us, and um, but she really, really can come in handy if you have some issues with your horses. So, Beth, thanks so much for coming on the show, and we look forward to next time. Thank you so much for having me. Great talking to you both. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was a great discussion with Beth. And right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with uh, Katie Pogue, FEI rider and trainer from Charleston, South Carolina. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. 
They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats, and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, as always, we have a friend of the show, Katie Pogue on. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, it is. We are super excited because not only are you a good friend of Phil and I's, but you got the invitation to go to the test event for next year's World Cup in Omaha, and you are currently in Omaha, Nebraska, right? I am currently in Omaha, Nebraska. I think somewhere <laughs> almost in the middle of the country, far <laughs> from South Carolina. Yeah. How long was the trip? Uh, we spent. Um, I think it's 12 hours the first day and overnight in Paducah, Kentucky. And then um, we finished the trip. I think it was 11 hours the next day and spent the night at a farm about 30 minutes from the facility, or from the CenturyLink Center, um, the second night. And then we all drove in to the center. I think we were allowed in around 11 o'clock. Um, and they were trying to get the dressage horses unloaded first. And um, so, yeah, it was a it was a fun, wild trip. Um, once we got to Omaha, um, we ended up coming over here the night before just to kind of check out where we had unload. And they had an area behind the – it's a, a big center, a big coliseum that has – you know, like hockey games and concerts and college basketball games. I think they're doing like swimming championships and gymnastic championships for the Olympics coming up. So a lot of stuff happened here. And um, so we all kind of lined up in the back and they had a kind of a ramp into the building and everybody unloaded all their stuff and they had stalls set up. And, um, and that was kind of the, the first start of the adventure. <laughs> Wow, and that's crazy. It is. I have actually been there one other time. I, I did the Nebraska Horse Fair, and I drove by oh, cool. the Coliseum. It's huge. It's a huge Coliseum. Yeah. And um, have you guys gotten down? Have you gotten in the ring yet? We have. Um, they gave us schooling time. Um, we got to ride yesterday evening, or I guess it was the afternoon. Um, and they had the arena set up, and it was wild because there's this huge jumbotron um, that you could actually see yourself riding in, but it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's huge. And um, and then we did the, the jog that evening um, and got in this morning, and then the rest of the day, today they have um, the Hunter and Jumper show going on, and then our Grand Prix class will start tonight at 6, um, and then we all ride the freestyle tomorrow evening so what um, what's your time tonight what time do you go tonight i ride at uh 7 and i think it's live streamed right i think it's live streamed um we're an hour behind for central time or an hour behind my normal time um so so yeah i think everything's live streamed and um there are nine of us doing the grand prix so it's a it's a fun group and i think everybody is really enjoying just the whole atmosphere and the environment. Um, they seem to have things really well organized. Um, it's pretty cool. The hotel is attached to the center, so we can walk across oh, like great. a skywalk. Nice. Um, and just walk over to the hotel, and there's food and everything there. And then you can walk back, and 
like last night we were walking back and it was, you know, you're looking at a Coliseum and going, wow, my horse is over. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Um, So it's, everybody has just been really great. The whole group um, from Global is here and I got to do a few CDIs this year um, at Global and, um, and then did the, the first CDI in Tryon just two weeks ago and then came here. So it's nice to have familiar faces and, you know, it feels very comfortable and I think everybody's trying to make sure things are going as well as they can and so far so good. Awesome. How how did the stallion go at Tryon? Because I didn't didn't Um, even look at the scores for that or anything. He he did well. Um, I felt like we had a super warm-up on both days and um, we did the, the Grand Prix and then we did the special and the even that facility was it's a larger, uh, more open, a lot of energy. Um, that was the first time he had been there. So kind of unfortunately for me, he was a little bit looky at some things. Um, and I think as we go to that facility a little bit more, we'll be totally fine. Um, there are just a couple things that kind of caught his eye. But, um, but it was great. I mean, that facility is going to be fun to have up and running for sure. Um, and then just, it's been amazing to be invited to come out here to the CDI four star, um, as kind of the dress rehearsal for the world cup. And just, you know, I've, I've seen a couple shows in Europe and then, you know, when I was a kid, watched the horse show in Madison square garden and seeing, you know, a Coliseum that hosts the horse show, but this is the first time I've ever been to a non horse, uh, facility that is hosting a giant horse horse show inside um so it's just i mean different energy it's really cool everybody's been super friendly and helpful and i think all of us are sort of in the same you know we've ridden in indoors and and things like that and championship places and some stuff but this is just a little different and uh, it's really really cool and, and Katie, tell us real quick, a CDI four-star, you have to be invited, correct? You can't just show up. Yes. Um, so there were nine of us that were invited to this, and um, and so we're all participating um, to kind of make sure, as far as I know, that everything can run the way that they want it to run, and, you know, if there are any kinks and things, they, you know, they get an idea of of how it runs so that for next year they can really have it all together. I think things so far are very well organized. Um, the other thing that we are um, helping to test is the new FBI um, degree of difficulty system. And it's for the freestyles and it's a program that Thomas from Global and Daniel, I believe his last name is Golden the technical developer and the hypno data and FBI put together um, a computer program that you go through the FBI system and sign in um, and basically put your freestyle floor plan to like a written version. And they are trying to make sure that the degrees of difficulty in your test are are controlled in a way that you can get rewarded. Um, and so, so they have so a, if I, yeah, a... Sorry, if, if I understand it, you, you know, you put your choreography in and then it it uh, it's it spits out, what, a number? You know, something that says how difficult it, your... It gives, it gives it analyzes you... your pattern? Um, it gives you kind of some options. If you were to do um, difficult transitions, certain things count fractions of a point that would get added together, like, in your degree of difficulty. Or if you had certain combinations of things, it's it's trying to, as far as I understand, it's trying to look for things that a normal freestyle test maybe wouldn't catch or would give you the most benefit in your score if you had, you know, three difficult movements in a row. Um, You know, if you did, like, extended canter to a double pirouette to a line of ones down the center line, one-handed. 
you know, I mean, something <laughs> like that, where yes. you can group something, a few things together, and then over to the side, it kind of has some some points. Um, you know, obviously the the harmony of your freestyle, that your freestyle is appropriate for you and your horse, um, is the main goal, and that nothing, you know, that you're not trying to do, as we all know, super difficult things that you can't achieve just to try to get the score, because if you don't get them, you're not going to get your score. Yeah, yeah. But I yes. think this is it's a way that, um, you know, so far seems that it's just trying to make sure that the, the details of the difficulty in the test are kind of kept track of and um, and rewarded. And so, um, you know, it's in, in one conversation, it's kind of, to me, hard to explain the whole thing, but that sort of seems like the gist. And so um, we met with the technical developer um, today and went through... Um, kind of our, our route, the choreography, the routine, and, um, you know, went through things, and he said, you know, this can move here. You know, I mean, he just he helped put it together, and then basically it gets, um, if we want a printout, we can get a printout. And um, and then the judges, I believe, all get a printout, um, and then everything, somebody will be there, and e-scribe will be there and be plugging stuff in. Um so yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see um, the kind of how the whole system works. And again, it's just a, a part of one score of your whole normal scoring of the test and and all the the things like that. So all that I believe is still the same. Um, this is just for the degree of difficulty. That's cool. Um, I I didn't even know that was happening. To be honest, we we talked about it briefly right before we got on the air, and I had no idea. They were doing it. So is that going to be a requirement for all riders to put their test in this program, or is it still – I mean, obviously, you guys are the kidney pigs, but once it goes sort of live, does everybody have to do it, or, or – I think it's, you know? it's still kind of in the beginning stages. Um, I believe uh, it's going to be in some Western European league Got it. shows. Um, and then I think the big thing is the, the start of this for next year's World Cup. Um, and then after that, um, you know, I'm not sure how much more, if it's just going to be larger events, um, not sure where it's going to go, but, um, you know, sorry, will the printout go like up on the jumbotron or is it just really for judges and riders? I, I believe it's just for the judges and riders. Um, I don't know if they'll have, um, like at normal shows where you have like the score by score popping up on the screen. Um, that I don't know. So that would be interesting if that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, that might be a question that I'll ask if, it, if we'll have the scores popping up as we're going along. So um, tell us about your freestyle. Um, it's, it, I've done it once before. Um, so this was kind of a fun <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> jump, I did jump it in once. and do it, and and really get it going, um, and to put the degree of difficulty uh, system to it, and kind of see, and it's a it's a fun arrangement of some music with kind of a little bit of some uh, Justin Timberlake and a little bit of some hip hop stuff. So it's to me, it's a lot of fun, and hopefully, it's crowd entertaining and pleasing, um, and it's just it's to me some fun music. And um, it'll be really cool to ride it here. And we had to do little rider uh, bio TV um, little interviews that I'm sure will pop up on the, the jumbo screen, like when we're coming in or something. That we had to, you know, say hi. My name is Katie Fogg, and I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> nice! Yay! So uh, yeah, we're all going to be on TV and and yes! the jumbo sound, I'm sure. So it's you know it. it it's really cool. I mean, it is, I feel really excited and, and honored to be in the group that's here. Um, and, you know, it's, it is kind of like a kid in a toy store or something. <laughs> right. But um, it's just, it's, it's very different. It's really cool. Um, you know, it's kind of like you wish everybody was here to come and watch and see this place. And I think the city itself, um, you know, seems to be, 
a good place to hold these events. I mean, obviously they have concerts and, and big things here. They have like the baseball field where they host like the NCAA men's college championship every year. They have like, I think parks that goes around, you know, people are out jogging. I mean, it's just, it's a really nice city and seems like it can handle something like this. So that's really cool too. Um, you know, that they've been handling stuff. It's, you know, it's yeah, not like it's it just be a there. brand new, no one's been here and, and doing stuff. Um, I think they've had a couple hundred jumper shows at this facility um, and some things like that. So this is, I think, the first massage group here. Um, and so, yeah, so it's... it's Awesome. It's oh, pretty it cool. Great. Yeah, it when, sounds well, like fun. When is the freestyle? Uh, the freestyle's tomorrow. I think the class starts at 4. Um, so fr- Friday at 4? Friday at 4. Okay. Um, and then we'll get our times drawn this evening after uh, the Grand Prix. And yes. it's just the Grand Prix and the freestyles because they wanted to, you know, check the sound system and, and do all that. Um, and so we're all, all nine of us doing the Grand Prix and then the freestyle. We're not doing the special. Awesome. Well, I'll have to get online. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to get online and check and watch for sure. Cheer you on. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on sort of our on-site reporter, and you're gonna uh, ride here shortly. So, uh, thank you, thank you for coming on and taking your time. We're we're interviewing a a little bit early because you're gonna be in the ring when we're recording our normal time, so we're gonna have to stop and 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 watch. But as always, thanks so much. And Katie, how do our listeners find you online? Um, I'm at Katie Pogue Dressage at yahoo.com. Um, and you can email me or anything. And, um, no, thank you for having me on. And again, like I said, I'm really excited to, to be here. It's a great group and hopefully everybody will come and watch the world cup next year. It seems like it's going to be pretty cool. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we'll be there for sure. Thanks, Katie. Thank you guys. Well, we wish Katie luck, and as we're recording, she's about ready to go on the ring, so fingers crossed for her, as always, for our other friends competing in Omaha this weekend. Uh, and right after this break from Dr. Rose's Remedies, Phil and I are going to come back with, uh, with the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's DrRosesRemedies.com This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at TotalSaddleFit.com. Phil, we have a great tip for the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, uh, and I think you posted it on Facebook, and so did I. So we both felt like this was kind of a fun topic to talk about. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a great little article brought to us by uh, HorseNetwork.com. Um, you know, there's lots of great stuff on uh, on a lot of these sites that we, you know, we read and then you you know repost it on Facebook, and so. Like to bring, you know, think about bringing some of these things to the show when we when when we both like the articles and and this one is about uh, the five qualities of a coachable rider, which you know most of our job as horse trainers is actually actually not training horses. Yeah, um, we both spend people a lot training. Of time, yeah, <laughs> coaching riders who who want to compete and want to be in the in the show ring and uh, and I think you know the more that people understand you know what they should bring to the lesson um makes our jobs easier and makes um just success and reaching goals a lot easier so yeah. maybe we should uh we should talk about these this week yeah i love it so we're gonna start with number five 
And number five of the five qualities of a coachable rider um, is discipline. Discipline is another way of saying you have the skill of self-control. You can apply order to your daily tasks, even make yourself do things you really don't want to do. One or two hours a week with a coach will not turn you into an effective rider. Coaches love students who who come back for the next lesson having applied some of their learning on their own time. This is perhaps the hallmark of a coachable student and one who is able to coach themselves. And I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I I mean, I think, you know, um, both you and I take lessons as well. So it's not like we are, you know, and I think that's incredibly, I'll throw this out there. Your coaches, just because we're professional writers, doesn't mean we don't have trainers. We we do, and I think it's always important. We've talked about that on the show. But uh, the discipline is is not just, you know, for our own riders. It's for ourselves as well. And I think discipline is incredibly hard. You know, I, discipline from it's raining, it's cold, I don't really want to ride today, or, you know, there's just all kinds of things. And I think that that sort of discipline is a huge hallmark. I think it's of dressage riders in general. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just through... through uh practice that we get better it's not you know it's not magic you know um no. most most of of what makes a good rider is hard work not talent right you know so i think that uh you know like you said whether you know if you're having a bad day or whatever you know you've got to do something of your homework um you know sort of every day i like i like yeah. the horses the horses in full work i would consider uh, you know five or six days a week so um, you know, getting out there when it's inconvenient and getting out there when, when it's, um, you know, w- when you don't feel your best is, you know, just do, do something of the homework to come to the next lesson, you know, right. having, um, you know, given it a full effort. And, and, you know, if you're a weekly lessoner, then, uh, you know, you think, I think you have to have, you know, at least four rides in between to get the most out of that lesson and then to be able to maybe come to the next lesson to discuss your problems or discuss things. But if, if you're not doing any, you know, the homework, then you're going to get the same lesson every week for months Mm -hmm. on end. No, it's true. And just discipline. And and also, I think you can take that in discipline, um, not only just in the riding and in doing your homework, but discipline in figures. You know, dressage riders are way into figures and, you know, doing, you know, making sure your 10 meter circles are 10 meter circles. Yeah. Discipline is about the riding, all this detail, details. Making sure you're going into your corners. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that's also part of the discipline of a dressage rider is is all of those little details because, you know, yes, you can do it once a week or twice a week in your lesson, even every day, but it, what happens is you've got to be able to go and do that so that when you go to a horse show, you're super able to take care of all of that. So I think that that's a great one, and I think that uh, we all I always strive and being more disciplined, you know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm pretty disciplined, but, you know, I'm I'm like, oh, I can always be better there, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The the next one up, yeah, is uh, uh, willingness. I guess. Um, If you think about it like this, would you rather ride a horse that is difficult or one that is more willing? The willing horse saves your energy and learns at a faster rate. So I think, um, just in general, you're talking about somebody who comes to a lesson and is willing to do new things or try something that might be be out of the box for them or you know, approach something in a different way. I think that's, you know, that's what we're talking about, you know, willingness. Just, you know, yeah. come with a very open mind, you know, blank slate and just, you know, try things, right? And and maybe it's you're trying something that you've already tried before, but hopefully, you know, um, your coach can help you get through a problem um, or just say something in a very slightly different way, you know, and, and, and just be open, like I said, open-minded and and looking to to learn something um you know when you come to the lesson so i think that's yeah yeah i like that i like it willingness just openness and willingness like what's going on and how can i do this and how can i help and um i think that's important because i think sometimes you know i've done it and i've even done it with coaches maybe that i've had a long time you come in with a very specific like well that doesn't didn't work last week or this didn't and and I think sometimes that that's not helpful to the picture and so you just have to be willing to listen and try and you know sometimes even as trainers we're not god <laughs> you know as much as we like to think no I'm just kidding but we're not and there are times where um 
we're trying stuff too. Maybe yeah. we don't know you. We don't know the horse. We don't know the situation. We maybe don't know what's going on at home in your mind or whatever. So we come in and we try our hardest to kind of figure that out. So that's, yeah. So yeah. willingness. Yeah, and I one. think from a from a trainer's perspective too, just the willingness. I always try to be very willing to listen to my own students and try to listen. You know, it's always a balancing act between sort of sort of my take on things and maybe somebody else. So I think that also from the trainer's perspective, it's important to. Listen yeah, well. I think you know um, when when figuring out a problem, um, you know, trainers aren't aren't masters all the time, you know, of knowing what the problem is. So you have to, sometimes I'm working it out while, while the rider's working it out and the horse is working it out, yeah. you know, yep. so there's a um, three-way partnership going on and, uh, and I have to do a few different exercises before I can really figure out, you know, exactly mm-hmm. what's going on and how to tackle the problem. So I think exactly. a, a rider that comes to a lesson has to be willing to you know, just try a few things and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then we, you know, you can move on and you can, it's, it's, it's part of the process, you know, working out the problem, especially, you know, uh, dressage wise. And if it's working with a new coach, you have to, uh, you have to sometimes just go with the flow and and, and give it your best effort. And, and, you know, that creates dialogue and, and feedback and, and things. And, and then, um, you know, the, the, the way through a problem isn't always a straight line, you know, you got to work your way there. Yeah, in, in a few different ways. So, oh, that's a good tip. And what what's our next one here? Yeah, I like it. Number three, desire. The quality makes itself known as the uh, in a myriad of ways. Most importantly, though, desire shows itself in contentment. Are you consistent with your comments and your contentment with your riding and your coach? Are you on time for your lessons? Do you know why you're riding certain things and what drives your motivation? So I think that's super important. I think, you know, we've all been there, like for horse showing, I think it just comes to my head. I have riders that have all kinds of desire to horse show and they don't mind all the other things that go along with horse shows because horse shows we've talked about on the show, they're hard and there's work and, you know, they're not easy. There's mental preparation and there's time and away and money and all of those things. And then I have other riders with no desire to show and no desire to compete. So I think that desire is an important thing. You've got to know why you're doing something. What are your goals? Um, you know, constantly evaluating, hey, what are my goals? What am I trying to do at this competition? Or what am I trying to do in my lesson today? Um, I think are all things that are super important. Yeah, I think it's also good to communicate with your coach as well. You know, what what is your desire? What is, you know, why are you doing this? Because that can help them to coach you a little bit better. I certainly approach a rider with a lot of show goals in a different way than I approach a rider that's that's uh, you know just looking to to learn and and to improve their riding in you know in a, in a little bit a different way. So I think um, you've got to have desire. Um, yeah, you know. To, to be motivated to come to your lesson and, and to do a good job and, and, and to bring the other things to the lesson we talked about a little bit, the commitment and, and uh, you know, being there and, and working on your homework and all of those things. So I think if you're going to really improve your writing, you, you've got to have a pu- something that pushes you and drives you to do, uh, to do the work. Because again, you know, it's uh, horse riding can be fun and it can be just for pleasure. But uh, I think a lot of the stu- you know, a lot of people that we're talking about, um, are there because they have a, a desire to a, a real push to get better and and to learn and to to improve you know whatever it is the shoulder in that's you know the, the the real components of um, competition riding that uh, that we teach so that's good yeah love what's, it uh, what's our next one here oh this is a good one this is uh, we're yeah go ahead our next tip is humility <laughs> yeah so. Um, this, this says the Zen tradition states that the best student is one with the beginner's mind. They say that that the notion of expert is tossed in favor of the attitude of a perfect, perpetual learner. So that's us dressage riders, you know, perpetual yes. learners. And and I think you have to come to a lesson or come to every uh, new problem with a hum- humility that, you, you know, you, you don't know everything and, and yeah. every horse is a little different. And even though you worked out the problem a problem yesterday and you solved it sometimes it's it's not going to be the same every day or you know horses keep us humble i always say, yes you know? i was just thinking that and same. riding keeps you super humble <laughs> yes and, it and, does 
yeah. and dressage keeps you even, even further more. along that yeah, whatever the next thing beyond super humble is you know yes um, it's so very hard and i think this humility is really important i think that's you know i think that's in all of riding because let me tell you horses have a great way of humbling we've all seen that kid on the pony and been like oh oh no Ooh. but um it's true i mean i think that horses are such wonderful teachers and um you can ask the top riders in the world and I guarantee they're like, they're still learning with the the horse they're top in the world with. And then they get another horse and then you're learning more. And you have to be open to all kinds of things and learning. And I mean, I was just going to say that horses are so funny because they they really (laughs) just live in a moment. Right. And you know, you can be the best, I would say, you know, like you can be the best rider at home, you know, and do awesome tests when nobody is watching. But as soon as you get in front of somebody or or you go to a show and then it's just disaster. I mean, they're just going to mm-hmm. keep you humble that way. And, yeah. and, you know, that's just coming into lesson. You know, be humble. Listen to the instructions. You know, I, nobody wants to teach somebody with a ton of attitude. And, and uh, I mean, I always say that, you know, if... <laughs> If you were an expert, you wouldn't, you know, if you were the best rider in the world, you wouldn't need to come to lessons. So, you know, really think of, uh, of you know, what you want to get out of uh, out of it. And, and, and learning is the biggest thing. And, and so come with, you know, an open mind and, and uh, be willing to accept new ideas and, and you know, work, at, work out the problems every day with an idea that, you know, maybe, maybe the yesterday's solution is not today's solution and, and uh, keep your mind clear and. And, uh, you know, every horse is going to teach you something, right? So. Yeah, every horse, every lesson I try every to learn. Every day, yeah. Every day. And I think, you know, that idea of, of continuing to learn all is so important, the, to continuing to learn and learn and go to clinics and go to different things. I think that, again, you can't ever learn enough, and I think horses teach us all that. So, uh, Phil, the final, which of uh, the number one top five qualities of a coachable rider is openness. Are you open to receiving feedback, even when it's difficult to listen to? Are you more likely to shut down or save face? Fear can lock us all up from changing. Some riders can get too invested in playing a certain role in lessons and in essence taking themselves too seriously. Strive to loose to be loose rather than rigid with your expectations. A dash of humor um, about your weakness can really open the doors to increase re- relaxation and progress. And I love it. It's so very true. The openness is so important and just being willing to learn. And, you know, we've, we've all had days where you're like, you know, I just can't be super criticized today. Uh, and hopefully your coach sort of, um, can, can look at that and understand, but, um, that openness we're all, you know, really, I tell people, I love to teach. I'm here to teach you. Uh, if you want to learn, I'm, I'm here. So I think that's super important as well. So, yeah, I think, think? Uh, the the sentence about you know having a little bit of humor about your weaknesses. I think yeah. in dressage, there's a lot of A type personalities who maybe will um, criticize themselves too much, right? And then you know when a coach comes in and and says something to you, and and then you know I know that sometimes yeah. I do that. You know, I like I already know I'm not awesome, right? I already you know <laughs> like, yeah. like it's hard to take criticism a little bit, but um, I think if you're open. You know, you're willing to listen to the person, but you're also not getting super down on yourself either, right? And just, you know, take a little bit of uh, a little bit of what your coach is saying and a little bit about what you're feeling, and uh, you know, create a little co- uh, dialogue, a little, you know, uh, a little context. You know, sometimes coaches say things, and you know, you might take it the wrong way. It's, um, but but make sure you're really trying to understand, you know, where the comment is coming from, where the correction needs to be made. You know, and and that it's not a personal criticism of you as a person or as a rider, but everybody's just in that lesson to to you know get the horse better, get you better, and and uh, and you know, and and in the end, try and try and have some fun, right? You know, I love to make it. Make an enjoyable experience. <laughs> yeah, right? we're all out there to have fun. We're not curing cancer, is what I like to say. So <laughs> enjoy, learn, come to your lessons open, and be in the right frame of mind. If for some reason you're not, let your your trainer ride your horse maybe or something. Yeah. Uh, figure but figure it, it out. Will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Figure it out. So. But I That's love good. it. Well, that I like was the, fun. I like the tips, yeah. Me too. I thought they were great tips. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. As always, they're super fun to do. And um, if you have any questions about your saddle, contact Justin at Total Saddle Fit. He's super fun to talk with too and is very, very knowledgeable. 
This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, everybody, we love listener and Facebook shout-outs, uh, and please feel free to keep sending those in. We really like it. And if we don't know the answer, we will make sure we find somebody that does. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best ways to reach me is through Facebook or um, my email is at philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>